Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. encourages you to be involved in media coverage of all that is going on in this world. When you investigate it yourself, you'll see that everything feels orchestrated and pre-planned. That's because it is. No matter what is planned for evil, God is still working out His plan, a good plan. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 28, 2020. Welcome to our weekly Bible Prophecy Update. We're so glad that you're joining with us online. We have a lot to get to today, so we're going to get right to it. Before we jump in, I want to begin with a passage of Scripture I've been thinking about recently, and the Lord just kind of reminded me concerning the certainty of Bible prophecy, and it's in Second Peter chapter 1, and I want to read verses 16 through 21. I would encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to follow along as I read. The Apostle Peter is writing, and he says, verse 16, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice. In other words, He was there. I witnessed to it. He heard it. We heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. And so, verse 19, we have the prophetic word confirmed. Some of your translations render it the more sure word of prophecy. The prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, verse 21st, 
that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I have a twofold reason for beginning this way, the first of which is because what I'm going to share with you today is once again very intense, and it is the prophetic Word of God confirmed. And the second reason is that, as Peter writes, we would do well to take heed as the world gets darker, seemingly, by the day. That's what I want to talk about today. Namely, that of how Bible prophecy tells us what the future holds, and perhaps more importantly, who holds the future. And by the way, that's important. Hear me out. With everything that's going on, (laughs) as crazy as it is, never think for a second that God is not in control. I'm going to take it a step further and say on the authority of God's Word and sovereignty, that nothing can happen unless God allows it to happen. He is allowing all of this to happen, because in the end it is for His glory. And He's allowing it, and He's in control of it. I would argue that said future is not as distant into the future as one might think. Rather, it seems to already be happening now. What I want to do is paint this picture of the future on the canvas of the present using the brush of the past, especially just since the beginning of this year of 2020. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So what we're going to need to do is start by looking back in history to see how we got to where we're at presently and where we're heading in the not too distant future. Let's go back to January 10th. 1963, when Congressman Albert S. Herlong Jr. of Florida read a list of 45 communist goals into the Congressional Record of the United States of America, 1963. I won't read all 45 of them, but I will read the ones that are germane to our understanding of both why everything we're seeing is happening and where everything we're seeing is heading. 
Start with number 11. Listen to this. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one world government with its own independent armed forces. Number 17. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Number 19. Use student riots riots, to foment public protests against programs or organizations that are under communist attack. Number 22. Listen to this. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all form of artistic expression. And then he says parenthetically as he's reading this into Congress, to the Congressional record, he says parenthetically this, 1963, an American communist cell was told to, quote, eliminate all good sculpture, statues from parks, and buildings substituting shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. Number 26. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. This is part of that stage we talked about a couple of weeks ago, of demoralization, where you make the nation immoral. Number 27. This one caught my attention. You'll see why. Infiltrate the churches, listen, and replace revealed religion with social religion, a.k.a a social gospel. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. It gets worse. Number 28. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. And let me state that the separation of church and state was not to keep the church out of the state. It was to keep the state out of the church. 
I'm sorry, I told the Lord I wasn't going to do that. I just did it, so forgive me. Number 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. I don't know if you've been hearing the narrative. It's all scripted and they're all saying it exactly the same way. They're talking about how the Constitution is outdated. It it doesn't apply to the world in which we're living today. Number 38, this might make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. That's not a problem for me anymore. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Number 40, discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Number 41, Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppressive influence of parents. Number 42. Create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition that students and special interest groups should rise up and make a united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. Ironically enough, in the same year of 1958, when Cleon Skousen's book, The Naked Communist was published. There was a televised interview that Mike Wallace had with Aldous Huxley, who wrote a book titled Brave New World. And I want to share with you some excerpts from that interview. Wallace begins, Aldous Huxley, a man haunted by a vision of hell on earth, a searing social critic. Mr. Huxley, 27 years ago, wrote Brave New World, a novel that predicted that someday, listen, the entire world would live under a frightful dictatorship. Today, Mr. Huxley says that his fictional world of horror is probably just around the corner for all of us. 1958. We'll find out why in a moment. He's just finished a series of essays called Enemies of Freedom, in which he outlines and defines some of the threats to our freedom in the United States. 
After a series of questions from Wallace, Huxley responds by saying, and I quote, I think that there are a number of technological devices, 1958, technological devices, which anybody who wishes to use can use to accelerate this process of going away from freedom, imposing control. In general terms, get this, it can be called overpopulation. The mounting pressure of population pressing upon existing resources. This of course is an extraordinary thing. Something is happening which has never happened in the world's history before. I mean, let's just take a simple fact that between the time of the birth of Christ and the landing of the Mayflower and the population of the earth doubled. Today, the population of the earth is rising at such a rate that it will double in half a century. Economic position becomes more and more precarious. Obviously, the central government has to take over more and more responsibility for keeping the ship of state on an even keel, and then of course you're likely to get social unrest under such conditions. I think one sees here a pattern which seems to be pushing very strongly towards a totalitarian regime, and unfortunately the only highly organized political party is the Communist Party. It looks rather as though they will be the heirs to this unfortunate process. They will step into the position of power. Wallace then asks, Mr. Huxley, in your new essays you state that these various enemies of freedom are pushing us toward a real-life brave new world, and you say that it's awaiting us just around the corner. First of all, can you detail for us what life in this brave new world, which you fear so much, might be like? Huxley replies, well, to start with, I think this kind of dictatorship of the future will be very unlike the dictatorships which we've been familiar with in the immediate past. Very interesting. And even take another book, Prophesying the Future, which was a very remarkable book, George Orwell's 1984. I heard somebody recently say, this is COVID-1984. There, Huxley continues, he, speaking of Orwell, foresaw a dictatorship using entirely the methods 
of terror. And I'll add fear to control. At the end of the interview, Wallace closes the program by saying, Aldous Huxley finds himself these days in a peculiar and disturbing position a quarter of a century after prophesying an authoritarian state in which people were reduced to ciphers. We need to go back even further to the mid-19th century when Karl Marx appropriated the concept of dialectic. This would come to be known as the Hegelian dialectic, which is a model of thesis, antithesis, synthesis, or problem, reaction, solution, if you prefer, which was then either rightly or in error attributed to and named after George Wilhelm Frederick Hegel. Now why do I mention this? Because if you peel back the curtain on everything that's happening in the world today, you'll find this model at play. And I'll explain. The pre-planned problem or crisis is created. The reaction ensues, which in turn leads to the pre-scripted final solution to that which was pre-planned and created in the first place. Problem, reaction, solution. Okay, it's with this understanding of history that we're now ready to reunite history with prophecy in the Bible concerning where all of this is going. In the interest of time, I'll need to proceed with the presupposition that you know the Bible foretells this with 100% accuracy in the books of Daniel particularly, and also the book of Revelation, namely that of this aforementioned, and I'm using this wording for a reason, final solution being the great reset, which we've talked about, of a new one world government, economy, and religion. Totalitarian, authoritarian control, which is the perfect environment for the Antichrist. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised by this Fox Business report on Thursday about how Al Gore, remember him? The UN Secretary General and others are now demanding <laughs> a great reset of global capitalism. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.